Boston. Layup, Boston. One second left. The greatest single season turnaround in NBA history is complete. Banner number 17, soon to be raised to the Raptors. This is the Celtics pregame show with Patrick Gilroy and Jeff Hickman on ESPN New Hampshire. Com website, tune in app, as well as 912.50 a.m. here in the Nashville, New Hampshire area. Of course, I'm not Patrick Gilroy or Jeff Hickman. Filling in for the boys tonight, last minute uh, shuffle around. So I'm here solo tonight. I will have Josue Pavone of WEI joining me at 7 o'clock tonight uh, to talk Celtics Hornets. A lot going on in the Celtics world. Uh, get Isaiah Thomas back tonight for the green. Um, so that'll be a plus maybe. Everyone knows I'm not too high on the guy as a future Celtic, but uh, that being said, he is back tonight, so he should help the scoring attempt here for the Celtics. Um, I'm going to pose an interesting question at some point tonight, whether or not Isaiah Thomas should still be starting for the Celtics team. Um, I do want to touch on that because I feel strongly about one way or the other, and I think we all know which way I'm leaning there. You're listening to Manchester's home of the Boston Celtics. It's ESPN New Hampshire. Here's what you missed last week on the Fantasy Champion Show, presented by North End Subaru and Mazda. Tristan Cockcroft of ESPN.com is our guest. At quarterback, for example, he's got the Browns giving up a whole lot of fantasy points lately, but they're actually not the top matchup for quarterbacks because if you take the strength of, of opponent, it kind of brings them back down to a top 10 matchup, but not, not the top one. So it's another one of your mathematical schemes, basically. Pretty much, yeah. Hit your football Sunday started the right way with the Fantasy Champion Show, Sundays at 10, only here on ESPN New Hampshire Radio. It doesn't have to be golf season to enjoy everything the Atkinson Resort and Country Club has to offer. Open to the public seven days a week, Atkinson Resort and Country Club features two restaurants, Merrill's Tavern, a great place to watch sports or to try your hand at virtual indoor golf, and the Stagecoach Grill, serving lunch and dinner daily. The Atkinson Resort and Country Club is also one of New England's highest rated wedding venues and boasts over 15,000 square feet of conference space. The Atkinson Resort and Country Club in Atkinson, New Hampshire. Online at AtkinsonResort.com. All right, we're back. I don't know what that was, but it happens. Um, so, yeah, so like I was saying, I, I do want to pose the question um, if Isaiah Thomas should still be starting for the Celtics team. A lot of people might get angry at me for questioning it, but that being said, um, we, we have some had some examples without him on the floor. Better ball movement, um, and he might just not be the guy to bring you over the top. We haven't seen much success for this team um, with that starting lineup, and, and I think – and no one's going to agree with me here, but I mean, maybe Marcus Smart is better off starting and then not being there at the end. You know, it's more of a who starts rather and who finishes the game rather than who starts and who stays in the game. So I, I'll definitely talk about that. Um, no Kemba Walker for the Hornets tonight. He's dealing with a personal issue, so he is not um, playing against the Celtics here in Boston. So that'll be a huge help because he's just amazing. Um, I will take Kemba Walker on my basketball team any day of the week. Um, so we'll get to that. Um, but overall... Tonight's game it should be a really good one. You know, um, we're gonna take you up here till about seven thirty or so, and then we'll kick it off to the tip off for, of the game uh, with Grandy and Maxwell. Of course, um, don't forget we'll be here on the post game show as well with Cianus Radio's broadcast. So um, don't forget to come back to ESPN New Hampshire uh, after the game as well. Um, this game should be a fun one. You know, they're both pretty close in the standings. They're both teams in the uh, on the up and up. Um, and last year, both kind of fought for a playoff spot. One of those teams that fought and played with that record kind of in the same area finished with the same record last year and uh, both kind of playing hard this year now the Celtics really haven't had their now full squad per se for a lot of the season um, but that being said you know they're starting to get it figure it out and now they will have their full full complement of players again tonight um, 
And also, Danny Ainge, you know, is, is happy to see that, of course, and he's starting to figure out who's valuable, who's not valuable. Is he maybe overvaluing some of these guys? Uh, there was an article on uh, about that as well this week, so I did want to touch on that as well. Um, just a lot going on in the Celtics world. Not been trending well as of late for that for this team. Um, really have been struggling, and they're looking to right the ship tonight, and that's what they're looking to do. And getting Isaiah Thomas back will help that. Um, look, I, I will tell you straight up, I'm not the biggest supporter of him being a part of your championship team and raising Banner 18. Uh, I don't think he's going to be here when you raise Banner 18. He's too big of a trade trip. Some team's going to want him to bring that superstar in here to play along Al Horford and potentially one other person, whether that be Gordon Hayward or someone else. I don't think Isaiah Thomas has the ability to be here still, and if he does, he, he won't be a starter. He's not going to be a starter on a championship team. On a championship team, not even just here, Isaiah Thomas shouldn't be a starter. It's, he shouldn't. Um, and tonight, you're going to see him obviously get put back into the starting lineup. Uh, he's going to roll right in there. He's going to see what he can do. Um, and, and it's going to be a, a, a tough... Um, it might be a tough transition. Who knows if he's completely healthy? We'll see. Um, but I think they're, they're obviously happy to have him back. Um, Marcus Smart will obviously go back to the bench, and we'll see what happens there. Um, as you all know, I'm a huge Marcus Smart supporter, so we'll have to obviously see um, where that goes and where... Um, where we're able to kind of play it out and see um, how they really do handle this um, this situation with Isaiah Thomas coming back, um, with him going back into the starting lineup. Does it does it happen right away? Does it make sense for this team to insert him right back into the starting lineup? Does it make sense for him to maybe ease into this? He's not going to be eased into this. That's that is so far is true. Um, He's definitely not going to be eased back into this. He's going to get thrown right back into the starting lineup, and he's going to be someone who um, is probably going to is going to play all out because he always does for the most part. And um, we all know he wants to get paid, so he's not going to try to try to take an off an, a night off if he doesn't have to, right? Um, you know that him playing tonight was something he he announced he was playing tonight. It wasn't the team that originally announced it. Isaiah Thomas came out and said it and made the announcement kind of during uh, media scrum time with the practices and. Um, so you, you know that he wants to be out there. He, he wants to admit that he's healthy. He wants to p- prove that he's healthy. Um, but may- maybe, you know, maybe he's not, and he's just using that as a situation. You know, if you go to the Patriots, Rob Gronkowski typically always has a hand on his injury situation, whether that be joint statements with the team or things like that. Maybe this is Isaiah Thomas, the way he wants to handle his injuries. You know, I'm going to be the one to announce it. I'm going to be the one to get the leg up on the team. And if that's the case, maybe that's not a good thing for the team. You know, he's not Rob Gronkowski of the Celtics. So... With Rob Gronkowski, we with Gronk, we, we kind of look past it for the Patriots, right? Because we're able to understand, you know, he's worth he's one of the best tight ends to play the game. And if it takes a joint statement from the team and the parents to and the family to really understand and make Gronk happy, then screw it, do it, right? But with Isaiah Thomas, whatever, you know, if if he's not going to be the one to announce the injuries, it should be the team, and it should be the team. It, I don't care if Isaiah Thomas is 100 percent happy because if you can trade him and get something for him, then go for it. Um, I, I don't think Isaiah Thomas is untouchable for this team. I don't think anyone is untouchable except maybe Al Horford because you just brought him in. But even then, if you got the right package, maybe you ship Al Horford for someone else in, in a return. But this team isn't even close to being a final product. And I, I think everyone knows that. I don't think this team is anywhere close to being a team that is going to contend with the Cavs. I think that was overblown this year. Um, I think expectations were set way too high this year, and we're seeing it. You know, they're teeter-tottering here and there. Um, you lose a lot of your offense despite not being a great player. Isaiah Thomas can put the ball in the hoop. We see it every night he plays. You lose a lot of scoring with injuries. You haven't been healthy for a lot of the year. Um, I think the Celtics 
actual starting rotations played what seven eight games together all year like it's just someone has been hurt after another someone has consistently not been on the court and one one guy comes back the other one goes out right it was Al Horford then it was Jay Crowder then it was both of them then they both came back and now and then Avery Bradley had some time off now Marcus um now now Isaiah Thomas is was off the floor so you sporadically you add guys to the injury report almost every week and it becomes a problem for this team so this this team is going to be tested tonight for sure. You know they're they're coming off a couple tough losses. Um, obviously, you know OKC was a tough loss, but I didn't expect them to beat the OKC. Not the way they were. Not with Isaiah Thomas out. Um, tough game against Orlando. Um, this is a big game for them. You know, coming home back to the Garden. They have a lot of home games um, coming up here in the after the turn of the year after Christmas. Um, after the next game on December 25th, that is Christmas Day, which is already next week, which is absolutely insane. Um, but that being said, after that, you get some home games. So, you know, you, you got to cozy up here at the Garden, light the fire, and invite people in nicely um, because you got to get them in here, win some home games, and really get a feel for um, what we can do, right? You, you need to get a feel for, win some home games. You've been on the road a lot. Schedule's going to start to favor you a little more come come January, you got to take advantage of that. You have to take advantage of any home game you have at this point, and tonight's a big one, right? No Kemba Walker. Isaiah Thomas back in the starting rotation tonight. Um, this is the Celtics pregame show here on ESPN New Hampshire. No Patrick Gilroy, no Jeff Hickman. Um, so that means it's me. Uh, Jared Scally here taking you up till 7.30 here uh, until we hand it off, of course, um, to Cedric uh, Maxwell and Sean Grandy for the call. This one over at the Garden in Boston. Th- this is going to be one of those games, like I said, it's going to be a good test for the Celtics. Really see what they're made of, what their their energy level is going to be. They're getting their spark plug back, right? As much as I don't believe Isaiah Thomas long-term is a successful player here and a successful piece to a championship team, doesn't mean he's not a short-term spark plug, fun to watch, and scores points. And that's what you're that's what you were lacking when you lost those games, right? I think if Isaiah Thomas is playing in that Oklahoma game, Oklahoma City game, you probably win that game, right? You only lost by a point, and it was a missed Marcus Smart three away from winning, and we all know how, how often those go in. So replace Marcus Smart with Isaiah Thomas, and maybe that's an Al Horford shot. Maybe that's an Isaiah Thomas shot. You know, you probably win that game against OKC. So it's really just a matter of figuring out where Isaiah Thomas can come back in and see if he can come back in tonight right away and kind of and spark plug this team to a win tonight. I do think the Celtics win tonight. I'm going to say that up right now. I, th- I think this is a good game for them to win and take advantage of the fact that Kemba Walker is just personally not playing from this game. Um, no injuries or anything like that, but personally, he's not in Boston. You get IT back, you know. Um, Marcus Mars has been getting some more reps. This is a game you should be able to win now because as much as I like the rest of the Bob, uh, I almost said the Bobcats, the rest of the Hornets as well, I still wish they were the Bobcats, but I do enjoy the Charlotte Hornets being back in the... Um, in the mix here, but is they're not as good of a team without Kemba Walker. We all know that. And this is a team now, now if Kemba Walker and Isaiah Thomas were both not playing, then it'll be a really dog, big dog fight. But it's not happening. Isaiah Thomas is playing in this game, so we're going to see him come in. He's probably going to score 20-something points and, and put up his numbers, and they're probably going to play a really close game down to the end. This is going to be a close game. Celtics aren't going to run away with this. I can maybe see the Hornets running away with this only because of the fact that if the Celtics don't show up and play, which I say it all year, they have to show up if they want to win. They're not that kind of team. I look at tonight's game as a huge, huge benchmark for for this and kind of a statement if they win this game. Tough stretch, tough losses, get your guy back. Maybe he helps right the ship, right? If he doesn't, then even less value on Isaiah Thomas. But I, I think overall, 
tonight against the Hornets, you need to look to push the tempo with Isaiah back on the floor, right? He's going to push it anyway. You need to run with Isaiah. You need to keep up, move the ball around, and keep that ball movement because there were some couple games where Isaiah Thomas wasn't playing and the ball movement was pretty good. It was pretty good. It wasn't, it wasn't NBA championship worthy, but it was pretty good. And, and, and I think that you need to keep that ball movement up. You're not going to win ISO basketball. It's not going to get you in the playoffs. It's not going to get you um, a championship. you got to move the ball. you got to play basketball here, people. And I, I think that that's a good time for it to happen. You know, Ease Isaiah back into it. Don't force him to go up against the big boys uh, one-on-one at the end of the game and hope to get a foul. You know, that's not a, success, a recipe for success. Uh, I think you have to look at this game as a chance for Isaiah to kind of work himself back into um, back into the rotation, um, and I think you need to give him a chance to kind of move the ball around, really get a feel for what he can do still with this team. I know he hasn't been out too long. I'm talking like he's been out for months right now, um, but he hasn't. He's only been out for a few games, but I think overall it's still more important to kind of ease him into things and ease him into the process of um, kind of playing with this team. He's not going to come off the bench, right? I'm going to talk about that next segment after the break here. He's not coming off the bench. So you've got to ease him into the starting rotation, get other guys' touches. I expect Al Horford to have a pretty big game tonight. Um, you're going up against the team now with a decent presence down low, but Al Horford should dominate these guys, right? Cody Zeller, who cares about Cody Zeller? Um, you should be able to go in here and take advantage with Al Horford. This is, games like this is where you brought, you know, Al in. You wanted to bring him in here to take advantage of low post guys, maybe be the guy, especially when um, you have guys like Isaiah Thomas hurt or coming back from injury. You're playing against guys like Cody Zeller, Roy Hibbert, Frank Kaminsky. You should, Al Horford should be able to take care of these guys, right? And that's what he's here for. If he's a max level guy, Al Horford should have a big game tonight. And, that, and I believe Al Horford in today's NBA with all these new CBA deals and the Brinks truck being backed up for absolutely everybody, I, I think that you're looking at a team that in Al Horford and a guy who deserves a max contract, and that's why he got it, right? That's what he came here for. Tonight is a, is a good game to watch. I think you're going to want to check it out. If you can't, obviously watch it. Stay tuned here to ESPN New Hampshire uh, right after 7.30 or so when I pass it off to Sean Grandy and Cedric Maxwell um, to take over um, for the call of the game. We'll be back here, of course, after the game as well for the CLNS Radio Post Game Show. Um, we'll be broadcasting that here on ESPN New Hampshire as well. Um, tonight's going to be a good game. When we come back on the other side, um, I do want to touch base um, on Isaiah Thomas. I, I want to touch base on Isaiah Thomas and why I believe he probably isn't a starter in a championship team. I think some people agree with me there, but why I don't think he's even a starter on this Boston Celtics team. Uh, it's a lot. It's heavy. I know. I get it. Not a lot of people agree with me there, but it's a thing, you know, and we got to talk about it. Isaiah Thomas, he's not a starter on this team. He shouldn't be a starter on this team. Come experience all the joys of living at Bedford Green. Only steps from the Merrimack River and Heritage Walking Trails, the Bedford Green offers some of the largest floor plans in the area with a convenient location only minutes from Manchester. Bedford Green is the town's newest luxury living address, featuring granite counters, stainless steel appliances, natural light and spacious layouts, and offers easy accessibility to restaurants, shopping, and all the major highways. Visit bedfordgreennh.com.
With six New Hampshire locations, Apple Therapy's comprehensive orthopedic rehabilitation clinics offer convenient access to a wide variety of services. Apple Therapy uses the latest technology and treatment techniques such as trigger point dry needling, active release techniques, running gait video analysis, and Graston technique. Plus, they are networked to most providers in all insurance companies. Apple Therapy is located in Amherst, Bedford, Manchester, Nashua, Londonderry, and Executive Health Club. For more information and access to their video library, visit AppleTherapy.com. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. We just bought a fixer-upper, and I don't know where to begin. So I went to see Paul at our neighborhood Ace. I told Nate we have everything he needs to help him repair their home, from a wide selection of paint colors, craftsman tools, and the best lawn and garden brands. Ace is the place with exactly what you need, starting with help. Ace Hardware now is a brand new store in Nashua on Pearl Street downtown. That's right, a brand new Ace Hardware store in tax-free Nashua, New Hampshire. Nashua Ace Hardware is a division of Nashua Wallpaper. Are you tired of that same old hairstyle? Do you find yourself pacing up and down the hair care aisle looking for that right look? Now is the time to let Fausto from Manchester give you that new look. Fausto will transform your look from the same old same to show-stopping in one visit. Call or text Fausto today at 603-674-7255. That's 603-674-7255. Call now before the holidays pass you by. Which is worse, a trip to the hospital or the fees and bills that come with it? At the Bedford Ambulatory Surgical Center, they provide a comfortable and friendly environment while offering high-quality imaging for open MRI and low-dose CAT scans and ultrasounds, all at an affordable price. Their modern technology allows for accurate diagnosis while ensuring complete patient comfort and safety. For more information or to set up an appointment, please call 603-622-3670 or visit bedfordsurgical.com or baskimaging.com. ADT presents what to consider when considering home security. An ADT sign is more than a sign. It's a line in the sand. On one side, your family. On the other, an uncertain world. For over 140 years, more people have chosen ADT to help prevent crime than anyone else. Get ADT starting at just $28.99 a month. Tested, trusted, proven ADT. With 36-month contract for licensing in terms and conditions, visit ADT.com. If a disaster ever struck your home or business, would you know who to call? Make Peniel Environmental your first choice in disaster restoration. Peniel provides comprehensive fire, water, mold, and asbestos remediation services and are family-owned and operated. They clean up and restore every square inch of damage so that it's better than new once they are finished. Plus, Peniel works with all insurance companies and provides the industry's best warranty. For a free consultation, please call 885-317-8236 or visit PenielENV.com. Looking for a stylish place to call home? Then you need to check out the brand new apartment homes in Lowell at 24 Merrimack Street. The apartments at 24 Merrimack Street are located in historic downtown Lowell and offer unique apartment living within an historic 19th century building. Residents enjoy brand new interiors and unparalleled lifestyle amenities. Just moments from downtown Lowell's boutique shops, cafes, and entertainment. For more information, please visit 24MerrimackStreet.com. Again, that's 24MerrimackStreet.com.
right, I'm back. Celtics pregame show here on ESPN New Hampshire. Uh, taking you up till about 7.30 or so here. And we'll kick it off to Sean Grandy, Grandy excuse me, and Cedric Maxwell. You'll hear that game against the Charlotte Hornets right here on ESPN New Hampshire. No Kemba Walker tonight. Isaiah Thomas back in the lineup for the Boston Celtics after being out for a few games here. Um, and Isaiah Thomas, you know, coming back, going to get his full reps, right? We know that. He's, he's going to go back to the starting lineup. There's no question about it. Um, I'm, we're going to be the ones who are sitting here and talking about it. And But he's going to get in. He's going to start. He's going to have his minutes. And he's, it's going to be like he never left, right? But why? That's why. That's what I'm asking. Why? And I get it. I, I, I mean, I get why now. I get why he might be the one to get considered to start all the time. Um, and I might be okay with admitting he might deserve to start on this kind of team. Maybe, but I'm still not convinced of it. Marcus Smart. Now, I'm going to get ransacked for this one, but Marcus Smart should be starting over Isaiah Thomas. He should be. I'm not saying he's playing better than Isaiah Thomas, and I'm not trying to say that at all. So don't sit here and, 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 text, and tweet me at Radio 18 or call in. Don't do that. Or, or, or do that. I don't care if you do that. Tweet at me all you want. But I, don't come at me and say, oh, you said Marcus Smart's a better player than Isaiah Thomas. That's why you should start. I didn't. That's not what I said at all. I think that Marcus Smart should be starting because it matters more to me who's in at the end of the game than who's in the beginning. Marcus Smart, I mean, Amir Johnson starts, and he's never in at the end of the game. He gets like half of what the minutes people get when they're who are, you see at the end of the game. You'll see Kelly Olynyk at the end of the game. Marcus Smart, Marcus Smart plays more minutes than Amir Johnson. Kelly Olynyk plays more minutes than Amir Johnson most of the time. Doesn't matter who's in at the beginning. I mean, it does, but it also doesn't. It matters more who's at the end. Isaiah Thomas is going to be at the end of games right now because he's the one who can create offense for you as of right now. But I don't think that he should be the one to create the offense and have to rely on him. And I just don't think that he sh- he's in a starting lineup position for him. He's going to have to do that. Marcus Smart will move the ball. His ball handling's been better. Um, I overall think that Marcus Smart is a better fit for what this team is trying to do than Isaiah Thomas. Now, I understand they lost some close games without IT, but if you play the OKC Thunder seven games, you might win. You might win four out of seven. It's going to be a close series. It's going to go six or seven anyway. Isaiah Thomas isn't going to put you over the top and win. Oh, you're going to win four or five. You're still gonna, it's still going to be a six or seven game series. Yeah, you might have won that game. So that's why people are going to be up in arms about it. But you might have not won seven or four, excuse me. You're not, you're not, you might not have won in a best of seven series just with Isaiah Thomas on the floor. He's not that big of an impact player. He is short term. He's fun to watch. He's flashy. People are, people are fun to watch. I get it. But long term, even short term, he's not the guy to lead you to a win every single night. I don't think Al Horford is that either, to be completely fair with all of you. You might think I'm saying that. I'm not. You don't have that guy on this team. That's why you're not an NBA Finals contender. And you're not going to be until you get that guy on this team. And I'll, and I'll say this anywhere I'm on the radio, anywhere I'm on a podcast, anywhere I'm on, you know, whether it be Sunday sit down here on the station on Sundays, um, pre or post game here, anything. Marcus Smart is better than people give him credit for. I get it. He can't shoot. I'm not asking him to shoot. I get it. He's he, he's not 100% where he might should be yet. Don't blame the guy for getting picked sixth overall. 
He had no control over that. If you picked him at 20, you would be very happy. And I hate that about drafts, right? I understand that the Celtics picked him at 6, and yeah, you want a lot of... If, you, if he's a 6 pick overall normally, you want, you want some value from that, right? You want some return. You want to see, oh yeah, you're definitely the 6 pick. You, that makes sense. Blame the Celtics for picking him 6. If you don't think he's value at 6, sure, I get it, whatever. But don't sit here and go, oh, Marcus Smart's not going to make it because he's a 6 pick and isn't showing it. Eh, doesn't matter to me. I look at Marcus Smart as a guy who can start on this roster now who can move the ball around a lot better than Isaiah Thomas can and is a lot more physical than Isaiah Thomas and can get to the hole better than Isaiah Thomas. And yes, it's because Isaiah Thomas is short. It is. Hands down, no questions asked. It's because he's short. He cannot beat a championship contending team on his own. He can barely beat him with help. Isaiah Thomas is not the guy to answer the prayers. I get it. He's fun to watch. He's something to look at since Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, and Rayon have walked out that door or were traded out that door, kicked out. I get that. He's fun. He's not Rondo. He has more of an attitude in a good way, not a bad way. I honestly like Rondo more than I like Isaiah Thomas. I still would rather Rondo on this team than Isaiah Thomas. I think Rondo would be great for this team. He's doing great things for the Bulls. I think Rondo could have been built around. I don't think Isaiah Thomas can be built around. And now you all might be calling me crazy, call in, tweet at me, whatever you want to do. I think Rajon Rondo is more likely to be built around for an NBA championship team than Isaiah Thomas. They're both selfish, whatever, but Rondo's more of a point guard. Rondo's more of a facilitator and a get guys the open ball. Now, don't get me wrong, you need to put some scoring around Rondo. You've never, he's never been one to be the scorer, but he can have his nights, and he's going to get your scorers the ball. Because if you don't account for him going to the hole and making flashy passes or faking behind the back and putting the layups. Rondo is a guy who can put the ball in the hoop, so he just can't shoot. Now, Isaiah Thomas can shoot, but he's not as good at going to the hole, I think. I mean, he is, but he's looking more for contact than he is anything else. And if the ball goes in, it's just more of an acrobatic shot. Rondo knew where he was putting the ball. If you build a championship team, give Rondo scores, you saw what happens. Now, I don't think it even needs to be Hall of Famers. I don't think Jimmy Butler's a Hall of Famer. Dwayne Wade might be a Hall of Famer, but look what, look what he's doing in Chicago with that team. You give him some talent who can put the ball in the hoop, Rondo is more successful, and that's what he's built around. So if you kept Rondo, you could have put talent around him to be successful. Now, I think Rondo's out of here because Brad Stevens didn't want to deal with him. Danny Ainge was done with him, and I think he had, he had said his welcome. That being said, I still would have kept him. I would have kept Rajon Rondo on this team, hands down, no questions asked, for sure. No questions asked. And, if that, and that's the, my, my, kind of where I'm going with this. If, you, if I'm sitting here saying Rajon Rondo is someone that I want to build around, then the, Isaiah Thomas definitely shouldn't be, because I think Rajon Rondo is a better player than Isaiah Thomas. I do. I really do. I think, Thomas, I mean, I think um, Rondo's been kind of screwed with pe- teams he's been on. Terrible situation for him in Dallas with Carlisle. Carlisle never wanted him there. Um, Sacramento's just a death hole. That's why I don't consider DeMarcus Cousins a crappy trade because you get him out of the death hole and he might do well. And now he goes to Chicago and it's amazing that he's doing well again. And I was like, oh, Rondo's playing well. Yeah, no crap because you put him with a good team. You put him with some talent and put the ball in the hoop. Rondo's never been one to put the ball in the hole. Isaiah Thomas has. But Isaiah Thomas can't get open easier. He can't he has to rely on the foul calls. And that's what I hate about his game because we've seen it over the last year, especially in the playoffs. You don't get foul calls. It's natural in the NBA. Refs swallow their whistles come playoff time. 
And you might see it tonight. I think tonight's going to be the same way. I think tonight against the Hornets in the Garden is going to be a hard-nosed, fought, playoff-type game. I don't think there's going to be a lot of whistles tonight. I don't know why. It might be completely wrong. I might be stupidly wrong. But I don't think there's going to be a lot of whistles tonight because no Kemba Walker. Isaiah Thomas is coming back. And watch, there's going to be a lot of moaning and groaning. Isaiah Thomas is going to complain for not getting calls. But you watched him in the playoffs last year. He didn't change his game. He didn't adapt to not getting foul calls. He kept trying to get foul calls. And that bugs me. I understand you want to go to the free throw line. I'm not hating on it. But if you understand, and you, if you're playing a game and you have to understand, and you see the situation of, oh, okay, you know what? Isaiah Thomas probably isn't going to get the call tonight. I'm probably not going to get the calls tonight. Let's do something else. Let's change this up. And that part of that might be on Brad Stevens, you don't, but we don't know what he said to IT. Maybe he did say, hey, get past the ball. You don't know. We don't know. But Isaiah Thomas has to read the situation and go, I don't think that I can get the foul calls tonight. So you know what? I'm going to play a better game. I'm going to play a smarter game, use my picks, use my rolls, and, and, and pass the ball out to the shooters that we potentially had. Overall, Isaiah Thomas belongs on the bench. Based off what I've seen, what I, I mean, tonight I get he's going to start. Overall, Isaiah Thomas belongs on the bench on a championship team. I think overall it would make this team better if he was on the bench because imagine Isaiah Thomas coming off the bench. Playing against the majority of this league's benches, he's going to probably score more than 20 points every night. I mean, he already does, but now he's going to score 40 points a night and be able to lead a team in the backcourt, on the bench, where he belongs. I think that Isaiah Thomas is playing for the wrong reasons. I don't think he wants, I don't think he cares about winning. He might say he does, but when he makes comments about backing up the Brinks truck, all he wants to do is get paid. Not the right motivator. And it is a lot of motivator, especially considering where the money's gone in the NBA with all these obscenely high contracts since the TV deal. And it's just going to go up after the next one. Um, After 2017, it's just going to go up again. You can't blame the guy for wanting the money, but if you're really a guy who I'd want on my team, leading my team in a Celtic uniform to a championship, to Banner 18, don't make a Brinks truck comment. Don't do that. What are you doing? Say, you know what? I'm happy for my buddies. They're getting paid. Hopefully it'll be my time, but I'm here to work. I'm here to work hard and lead this team to a playoff push and see where we can go. It's not hard. It's not hard to talk to the media. Just basically look at the Patriots. Why do you think the Patriots have been so successful for so long? And I don't want to talk about the Patriot way or anything like that tonight, but, you know, it, be, be, don't be cynical to the media, but don't sit there and, and tear your heart apart and pour your heart onto the, the, the microphones that they put there and the little recorders that the beat writers have. Don't do that. Because that's just what happens. You, your Brinks truck comments come out. Everything comes out. And it makes great for media. Don't get me wrong. I love playing clips on the radio of guys going crazy about what they need, but... As a Celtics organization, as a personal player in Isaiah Thomas, as a human being, you don't want to do the, put yourself in that situation. You want to come out and say, you know what? I understand the money's out there. We all do. We know where the money is. But right now, I can't worry about that. Right now, I have to do what I can to play better, get my game in shape, and really push this team over the top to potentially have a good run in the playoffs. Because we all knew they were a playoff team last year. It was just a matter of what they, where they were going to finish and who they were going to get in the first round. So that was, should have been his focus, and that should always be his focus. And it hasn't been. Isaiah Thomas belongs on the bench. I'll say it over and over again. I, I think as much as I can see why you'd start them on a team like this, because they're not a contending team. They're not. They'll make the playoffs. Of course they will. Because the East is garbage. Put them in the West, they probably don't even make the playoffs. Isaiah Thomas belongs on the bench in a contending team. So if you look at this roster right now, 
You have Al Horford. You have Jay Crowder. Avery Bradley. Yeah, I get it. You're probably going to have to start Isaiah Thomas. But you look at it coming into next year. I think Danny Ainge, and I heard this on the radio on the way in as well. Not an original point. I'm gonna not. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna try to steal it. They need to start looking into next year. I'm not saying trade pieces off and move to the future, but you know, start playing these games out. Maybe see what you can do with the trade deadline. But you know, start building up a pitch and start you know thinking about Gordon Hayward. I know they already are, but this team doesn't need to be pushed too hard. Because they're not going anywhere. I understand you got to pump them up because they have to be able to play 110%. I say that every night. I'm on the radio. Every day I'm on the radio. This team can't just show up and not go 110%. They'll lose every game. And you've seen it. They've lost the games they haven't showed up to play hard. And th- there have been some games they've played hard, like OKC. You know, they just lo- they're not going to win all of them, but it's not a guarantee. But, you know, th- they need to come in and be ready to go. This team here isn't going anywhere this year, guys. I, I hope they get out of the first round because be, I, th- I think it would be a colossal failure if they don't. Like, even with the roster you have, and I'm talking about how they're not a contender and blah, blah, blah. Colossal failure if they don't get out of the first round. That's what it is, hands down, no questions asked. But I look at this situation as a good time to play the younger guys. Get Terry Rozier more minutes. Work in Al Horford. Now, I understand you brought Al Horford here in the assumption you're going to try to win, So, but I don't think the team's going to tell anyone they're not trying to win, but like Terry Rozier's better better for this team. Let Terry play. Mix him with Marcus Smart even more. You know, uh, Maybe you try, I mean, you're not going to, but maybe try sitting Isaiah Thomas to start for one night and let Marcus Smart or even Terry Rozier start the game. Wouldn't tonight be a perfect time to do that? Oh my God. Patrick would kill me, but wouldn't tonight be a good time have Isaiah Thomas come off the bench for a night, coming back off injury. Talk to him. You know what, Isaiah? No rush. Just come off the bench. You're going to play a lot of minutes. You're going to play. Just come off the bench tonight. You're going to go in. You're going to be the first one off the bench. Don't even worry about it. Nothing changes here. We just want to try something. I understand NBA players have egos. You need egos. I've preached it all the time. You need an ego to win in this league. If you don't have an egotistical player on your team, they're not an all-star. If they're not an all-star, you're not going to a superstar. And if you're not a superstar, you're not going to win in this league. Tonight would be an amazing opportunity. No Kemba Walker, Isaiah Thomas coming off injury. You have everyone on your roster pretty much playing right now. Why can't you just let someone else start and try it? And that's all I'm asking. Maybe it's even four minutes. Just try it. Just see what happens because this year, I'm not saying it's a lost year. They're going to be in the playoffs. It's going to be fun to watch. We're all going to enjoy the crap out of this run as the year finishes. But why in the world can't you try things? You're trying to figure out what this team is for the future. You have Brooklyn picks you still have in your back pocket. You have to figure out if this team is a couple pieces away or young kids and pieces away. Because if they're young kids and pieces away, that means Isaiah Thomas is gone. You're going to make those Brooklyn picks and we're in it for the long haul, Celtics fans. But if they're a couple, just a couple pieces away based off what you come off the young guys off the bench and Isaiah Thomas coming off the bench, then maybe you've traded the Brooklyn picks for a superstar and you're not light years away, pun intended, because Rogue One's out tonight. Got to get me to see Star Wars, man. I love the Star Wars movies. Got to get out and see that. Love Rogue One. Haven't seen it yet. I know I love it. Mixed reviews, though. I'm concerned. I'm not, but I am. If anyone wants to talk about that, too, you can join me as well. I look at this this situation as a perfect example the Celtics are wasting. Question, do, do I think Greg Popovich would consider doing something like that? Of course I would. 
Question. Do I think Doc Rivers would do something like that? Yep, I do. I do. Now, am I putting this on Brad Stevens? Maybe a little bit. Maybe he should have the authority, but I also understand he doesn't like to piss his players off. He hates pissing his players off. And he has trouble dealing with NBA players as it is. He doesn't even want to coach DeMarcus Cousins. So he's not going to make that decision. Danny Ainge isn't going to make that decision because he's got to keep Isaiah Thomas happy in case he wants to pay him and keep him here. So there's a lot of moving parts in this situation, but if Brad Stevens had any kind of, lack of a better term, sack, he's going to keep Isaiah Thomas on the bench for a few minutes. You need to know what you have in these players who can potentially start. You need to know what have you have in this team to coming off the bench. And that's where I'm at. Isaiah Thomas is not a starter on a championship team. Hands down, we've talked about it. I've talked about it here for like 20 minutes. He's not a starter. He's not. And I'm going to ask Joe Sway, Pavone, WEI, joining me at 7 o'clock tonight at the top of the hour before we get t- handed off to Granny and Max. I'm going to ask him, do you think Isaiah Thomas is a starter on this team and or a, st- a championship team? I want to see what he says. Joe Sway, if you're listening, be ready. Because I'm intrigued to see what his answer is. I think I know what it's going to be, but we're going to te- we're going to leave that at that. I also want to ask him a bunch of stuff about the Celtics team. You know, why? what's going on? Maybe do, Why did they lose in OKC? What's tonight mean? I'm going to ask him all that. 7 o'clock, Joe Sway Pafone, be here. WEI, I'm going, to, I'm going to talk to him. I'm going to really grill him. Maybe. We'll see. So kind of mood him by the top of the hour. Tonight's game, Isaiah Thomas going to be back in the starting lineup. Celtics pregame show here on ESPN New Hampshire. Of course, you're listening to us on the TuneIn app, ESPNNHradio.com. If you want to join me. 603-883-9900. That's 603-883-9900 is the phone number here. You can join me. I'll talk to you around the break, put you on air afterwards as well. Got a short break here coming up before the top of the hour. Like I said, Joseph Pavone's going to join me. This is Jared Scally here filling in for Patrick Gilroy and Jeff Hickman. Celtics pregame show here on ESPN New Hampshire. The Stretch Run with Jimmy Murphy, weekdays from 3 to 6 on ESPN New Hampshire Radio. Can we come up with something original when when the Bruins struggle, other than fire Claude Julian? You have one of the worst assembled blue lines in the history of the organization. It's up there. (laughs) Yeah, it's up there. The man who you think you should be depending on to carry the load is 39, and his legs are giving out on him, and he skates like he's in molasses. The Stretch Run with Jimmy Murphy, weekdays from 3 to 6 on ESPN New Hampshire Radio, and streaming live on ESPNNHradio.com. It's the year-end holiday event going on now at North End Mazda in Lunenburg. From now until January 3rd, get 0% financing for 63 months on all 2016 Mazda vehicles in stock. Make no payments until March and get a $250 gift card just in time for the holidays. Like the new 2016 Mazda 3i, the new 2016 Mazda 6i, or the new 2016 Mazda CX-5. Over 350 vehicles in stock. You're one click away from great holiday savings at BuyNorthEndMazda.com. See dealer or go to BuyNorthEndMazda.com for details. Offer ends January 3rd. With six New Hampshire locations, Apple Therapy's comprehensive orthopedic rehabilitation clinics offer convenient access to a wide variety of services. Apple Therapy uses the latest technology and treatment techniques such as trigger point dry needling, active release techniques, running gait video analysis, and Graston technique. Plus, they are networked to most providers in all insurance companies. Apple Therapy is located in Amherst, Bedford, Manchester, Nashua, Londonderry, and Executive Health Club. For more information and access to their video library, visit AppleTherapy.com. 
Are you looking for the perfect gift this season? Want to avoid the malls and long lines this year? How about Omaha Steaks? And for only $49.99, you can get my family gift pack when you go to omahasteaks.com. Enter the promo code DANP in the search bar, and that's 77% off. So for less than $50, two filet mignons, two top sirloins, two boneless pork chops, four boneless chicken breasts, four kielbasa sausages, four burgers, a 12-ounce package of all-beef meatballs, four potatoes all gratin, four caramel apple tartlets, and also one Omaha steak seasoning packet. Plus, get four additional kielbasa sausages free. All of this for less than $50. If you're looking for convenient and quick shopping for those on your list, go to omahasteaks.com and enter my promo code DANP in the search bar. Add the family gift pack to your cart and get a 77% savings. OmahaStakes.com and the promo code DANP. It's the gift guaranteed to be a hit. How would you like your office to be located in the heart of downtown Manchester? The former Ted Hebert's building at 922 Elm Street is ready to house your business. With over 28,000 square feet available, the time is right for your business to maximize this rare opportunity. Again, there is now office space available at 922 Elm Street, the old Ted Hebert's building, but it won't last long. Contact Tom Finney at 603-647-6800 or visit loopnet.com. Have you suffered a motor vehicle injury and need professional assistance? Do you need a team that gets you back on track and taking the green? That team for you is Bardis Law. Bardis Law has three attorneys and two paralegals that can assist you if you've been injured in an accident. Athletes get injured on the field and on the track all the time. Routine injuries can be expected in sports. Accidents are not anticipated in everyday activities. If you get injured in a motor vehicle accident, call Bardis Law at 603-420-8588 or visit www.bardislaw.com. Sports fan, you're listening to ESPN New Hampshire. Thanks a lot. Good luck for the rest of the season. Hey, look, I know we're going off the air for a little bit, but I need ten. I need ten to fifteen seconds to say to you. Okay, look, I've never in my life tried to really go at you in your suits and stuff. Tonight, I am stressing to you. You take this outfit home and you burn it. We don't want to see this. I know you don't double back with outfits. I've never seen you in an outfit twice, but you take this right here. I don't care if it's Versace, name brand. It costs Saeed. You, I, no, Saeed, I don't care. You take this and you burn it. It's not any part I can keep? No, nothing. So when you get done with this, you should be butt-ass naked. This should be <laughs> this should be burned, okay? It's good to see you, like always. In, in the shoes, too. Just burn them, okay? They just burn it. Don't ask no questions. Just burn the whole, the red socks, which the people can't see at home. Take all this, handkerchief, lime thong, all that. Burn it. Okay? Fire cell? Burn it. Right. Gasoline, kerosene, either one. Okay? Tell Ernie, Kenny, say hello. Give my best to Charles. Miss you, boy. See where up in a minute. Oh, thanks for the advice. <laughs> Back to you, EJ. <laughs> Of course, that is our own former Celtic, Kevin Garnett. Season around with Craig Sager. Um, I would be immensely mad at myself if I didn't bring this up tonight, seeing the pregame show and Celtics and NBA and everything. And um, As I pause the video, Craig Sager is smiling right at me, so no more fitting to do this. But um, Craig Sager, obviously a legend in the 
in the NBA world, right? Obviously, really, really well known for the suits, man. That's that's why I played that. That's my favorite clip with Craig Sager involved in a player of all time. And KG has many more of them. Um, so definitely, um, if you want to hear a lot of Craig Sager stuff, stay tuned to my show Sunday. Sit down on ESPN here on ESPN New Hampshire on Sunday because we're going to play a lot of it. But Craig Sager is just a straight legend. Legend. He he was always professional, even before the cancer. Because if you didn't, if if you were living under a rock, Craig Sager died of cancer. He's sixty-five, I believe it was. And he was battling cancer for a while, right? And before the cancer, he was a, he was a legend, and he still is. But he he was always there. He's always a good guy. He would always get that right in the middle of it. Before he did basketball, he was at the Hank Aaron homework, that that infamous team, Hank Aaron breaking the home run record. He was in the midst of that, right in the middle, asking him a question where all the fans were charging. He was there. Did a lot of other stuff, and he found his niche with with TNT and in Turner Sports, and really being able to pull out what has been an amazing career and. The NBA has really found a place for him in his career, and, and he found a home with the NBA. And a legend that he is, th- there will never be another Craig Sager in this world. There is a Craig Sager Jr., his son, um, and he's even filled in for shoes on TNT when he was out with the cancer. But there will never be another Craig Senior, Craig Sager Senior. What he meant to the game, what he meant to the players. People tuned in just to watch him do sideline reports. Like I loved TNT broadcasts. I mean, I still do. I love the camaraderie that they have. But I, I, I loved tuning in for TNT sideline reports. You know, a lot of people turn the TV off, switch channels. I made sure to make sure that I didn't flip the channel at halftime until Craig Sager did his thing. Whether that be against with Pop, with the Spurs. You know, there's an infamous scene about Pop asking about whether he had to even do this on the preseason. Craig Sager is a man that will never be forgotten in this league. And you're going to hear a lot of players. There's a lot of tributes going around um, throughout the community here in the NBA world. And I wanted to just make sure I paid my respects to his family, to everyone at Turner Sports, to the NBA as a whole, as a family, to the Sager family, to his son, who I know they were very close. Craig Sager was in and out of chemo. And when he had chemo treatments, he went to the court. He went to the one place he knew he felt most safe despite everything that was going on. That was that was an NBA arena. And towards the end, you know, last couple of weeks, apparently the reports have come out now that, you know, the, the doctors told him, hey, Craig, I know you've been battling hard. You know, Sager Strong, battling hard. Nothing else we can do. There's nothing else we can do. Um, we have to go into the final steps. We have to go final stages, plan for the worst. He didn't, he didn't start hospice. You know, most people, if you don't know, you, you get cancer or you, you know you're going to die, you just start hospice, get comfortable at home, um, and they treat you until you pass away and you go, you know, wherever you believe in. He didn't do that. He stood up. He put, our clo- put clothes on, went to his grandkids' basketball games. He went out in the world and was a human being until the last possible breath he could take. And that shows the, the courage and the perseverance that... Craig Sager had. That's what he was. That's what he is, will always be. And that's why he's such a legend. He fought through everything to be with the NBA, to be with his family. He obviously will be missed. There's no question about that. You see, you see players, you see tributes. Um, I'm sure the Celtics will do something tonight. I don't know. I, 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 that's just me guessing. I don't have anything. I don't see anything planned, but I'm assuming there will be something that I don't know about. I think the Golden State Warriors 
and Steve Kerr were very classy as well. If you didn't see that last night, um, Steve Kerr, who did work with him before he went back to coaching, or went to coaching, excuse me, they talked about him. A lot of the players had like crazy suit tees on, you know, to match the flair of the suits that uh, Craig Sager always wore. And um, he basically said, you know, this will be a time where we would normally do a moment of silence to remember Sager and what he was about, and, but that doesn't reflect who he is. And they did a moment of joy, and they just uh, they got a round of applause. Everyone gave up and gave Craig Sager a standing ovation. People gave a sideline reporter a standing ovation in games when he came back. I know his first game was in Chicago after he beat cancer the first time. And um, we all know cancer's cancer's a bitch. We know that, right? I'm not going to say it any more blunt than that. It's taken a lot of people who we've all loved, myself included, lost people to cancer in my family. To see a man fight that hard gives us all hope for what can happen with cancer. Um, can what, ha- what can happen and what you, how you want to be if you do have the unfortunate fate of getting that terrible disease. You want to be like Craig. You want to be Sager strong and fight through it. And I just wanted to send my best wishes and talk about Craig, Craig Sager because despite not being on a national TV show or whatever, he deserves every little praise he can get from any station Anyone talking sports today, regardless if it's just NBA, I know I'm a Celtics pregame show, NBA-focused show. Anybody talking anything sports today should be stopping and remembering Craig Sager. And, and to people's credit, they are. You know, everyone's talking about it. And it's not going to stop being talked about it. It was the same way when Stuart Scott passed away, right? Everyone talked about it. It was a, a serious man. Booyah! All that stuff, right? I love that. The booyah! Same thing here. Stuart Scott was remembered for the booyahs and the fun, the fun living person he was. Frank Sager is going to be remembered for the fun living person he is with the suits, the rapport he had with the players. He was family with those people, and that's hard to do with people. I talk about it all the time. You know, if you're a superstar in this league, you have a very big ego. You do, because that's and that's who and that's who you need to win. That's who I talk about all the time with the Celtics team. Craig Sager got along with these people got along with these players, that he found the human side of them to get along, and he was welcomed into the NBA community. That says a lot for people the way they are now and nowadays. So I, I look at the Craig Sager, Sager situation as, yes, it's very difficult. You know, he beat cancer once, and then he lost his battle officially yesterday. But I remember him as the funny-go-lucky guy who wore the crazy suits, and it was always fun to watch. I know Paul Pierce made a tribute to him on Facebook as well when he was back with a picture of him talking to him in the Celtics uniform. So um, Pierce obviously reaching out as well. You know, he knows the rapport that this guy had in the NBA. So I just want to send my best wishes to him from all of us here at the Celtics pregame show. I'm sure all the shows this afternoon did it as well. Unfortunately, I was at my day job, so I couldn't listen. But from all of us here at ESPN New Hampshire, we send our best wishes to all of that as well as anybody um, who's worked on this show. So Patrick Gilroy, Jeff Hickman, myself. Um, we all send our best wishes to the Sager family, to the NBA, to Turner Sports. And just know that no matter what happens, uh, we're all here for you guys. Uh, everyone is here for you guys. And, and this is going to be something that's never forgotten because of who he was as a person and as a human being. All right. Enough being upset. <laughs> and that's not what Craig Sager would want, right? Um... Tonight's game, and we got a couple minutes here to the top of the hour, and then don't forget, uh, Joe Sway Buffon is going to join me um, to talk Celtics, uh, Hornets. I'm going to ask him about Isaiah Thomas. I'm going to do it. Uh, I'm going to obviously ask him to kind of talk about Craig Sager as well. So definitely stay tuned for that. It's going to be a great interview, and there are some trade rumors rolling around of, and reports, really, of who Celtics are. The Celtics are ambitiously going out there to trade, and he is looking to really make moves Danny Ainge is, and I 
and look, let's say there. I don't think Danny Ainge is going to be able to pull anything off, right? I don't think Danny Ainge is going to be able to pull anything off of the trade deadline. You're seeing how this team is up and down. There's no one on this roster that some team is going to pull in and say, yeah, they're going to help me win a championship. I don't think anybody. I I think besides maybe Al Horford and Isaiah Thomas, nobody on this roster is going to be valuable to someone this year to say, you know what, they're the missing piece. As much as I love Avery Bradley, he's not a missing piece to a lot of teams. Um, it limits the need, right? And there's a lot of names out there. I would love for the Celtics to make a move. I'm not sitting here saying I don't want them to, but I just don't think that they are playing the best basketball possible to make any of their pieces attractive. Isaiah Thomas is attractive by what he's known about. Al Horford is attractive because he's a name, right? There's obviously talent to back up that name, but I don't. the Celtics aren't going to trade Al, Al Horford. They're not going to trade Isaiah Thomas because I think the Celtics overvalue Isaiah Thomas. And that poses a great question, and it, it came up. Are the Celtics overvaluing some of these players and not trading them because they think they're too important? Now, the name, obviously, most people are talking about is the overvaluing of Marcus Smart. Now, I would trade Marcus Smart. I love the guy. I'm not overvaluing him, though. I think that you should trade him. If you can get a decent return for him, do it. I don't care. I'll be a Marcus Smart fan past the Celtics days. If that's what it takes to win a championship here, I'm all for it. I think he could stay here. I think he can be... uh, a piece to a championship team, but doesn't mean that some team doesn't think he's a starter on a championship team and you can take what it's worth and get them something, get something in return for him. I think you can get something for Isaiah Thomas. I would trade Isaiah Thomas in a heartbeat. No one on this team to me is untouchable. No one. The Celtics think differently. They overvalue the big guy. I don't know what the deal is with not trading Marcus Smart, but I know he's, we all know he's been in, in deals and rumored deals and reports and all this stuff around the last couple of years. We all know that. So why is it that he can't pull the trigger? Why is it that Danny Ainge overvalues these guys? I'm going to ask Joe Sway that because the article that I read was actually, coincidentally, on WEI.com. Just the report that I read. I want to get his take on that as well. The Celtics team is a lot further away, I think, than people realize. Um, I think this year we had a lot of hype from what happened last season. And don't get me wrong, it was f- we all know it was fun to watch last year. I'm not trying to take anything away from what the team did last year. But that being said, I don't see them as that team. They came and played 120% every night. They're not a team that can usually go into Golden State and win. They did that last year. They're not a game that's going to go in and, and beat Cleveland at the end of the game every time. And they did that last year. This team is not built to be long-term success, and that's where Danny Ainge comes into play. He wants that nickname to stick. Danny Ainge is a great player in this league, right? He was a great player. We all admit it. We all watch old tape because he played with Larry Bird, and we all watch old tapes of Larry Bird. Patrick Gilroy and others tagged me in a video on Facebook today, probably hands down the best Larry Bird tribute video I've ever seen. And I didn't see him play live. I'm too young. I'm 24, almost 25 years old. I never got the blessings to see Larry Bird play live. I've seen all the old videos, of course, because I'm a diehard green teamer, but I've never seen him play live. I, I will tweet out the link, too, as well. I'll, I'll share that. Um, at Radio 18 so, Shameless plug. But th- this whole situation is Danny Ainge has an ego because he was a great player in this league. He wants that nickname. We all gave him Trader Danny. He loves it. He's smirking in his office behind his desk. You know, we, he had Trader Danny as a nickname before the Paul Pierce Kevin Garnett deal. When he made that trail, you know he was sitting behind his desk with the laptop, shut the phone off, dropped the mic. Look what I just did. He loves himself. So you all know he's trying to live up to that name now. 
he wants Celtics fans to love him. He wants Celtics fans to be happy about this team. And I think a lot of Celtics fans are because it's kind of okay to watch for the most part. It's been a struggle lately. But I think for the most part, it's been fun to watch. So Danny Ainge is going to be a situation where he needs to love that name. And there's some names going around. Um, one particular in the Utah Jazz uniform that no, no really needs to hide who potentially could be coming here maybe in a trade. Why would you do that? I don't know. I'm going to ask Joe Swipe a phone after the break. This has been the first hour of Celtics pregame show here on ESPN New Hampshire. I am in. My name is Jared Scally here filling in for Patrick Gilroy and Jeff Hickman. The empty seat's across from me. Um, of course, we're going till 7.30 night. Extended version taking you up till tip-off. Sean Grandy and Cedric Max will have the call. Coming up next after the break, Joe Swipe is going to join me from WEEI to talk Charlotte Hornets Boston Celtics and everything else in between the lines. Stay tuned. This is the Celtics pregame show here on ESPN New Hampshire and ESPNNHradio.com. This is the Celtics pregame show with Patrick Gilroy and Jeff Hickman on ESPN New Hampshire. All right, our number two Celtics pregame show here on ESPN New Hampshire. Jared Scally here filling in for. Patrick Gilroy and Jeff Hickman. Of course, you're listening to us on the TuneIn app, ESPNNHradio.com, as well as the 912.50 AM here signal in the Granite State. Uh, Celtics, Hornets tonight, pregame show taking you up till 7.30. Don't forget, CNS Radio postgame show will be on after the game. So come back here to ESPN New Hampshire or go to CNS and don't forget to tune in and uh our good friend Josue Pavone joins us now from WEI. He'll also be hosting the Celtics postgame show for CLNS Radio, so stay tuned after that. Josue, what's going on? What's up, Jared, man? How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well, you know. Are you warm, man? Are you I, warm? I, I, cold I, up there? It's nippy. It's <laughs> nippy up here, and we're getting like four inches of not more of snow tomorrow, so it's getting new. It's winter. Yeah, it's not much better down here, man. We're yep. the same thing, but I'm ready for it. You know, we got to be ready. This is just this is where we live. That's what we get. We live. <laughs> we chose to live in New England, um, yeah, so we have to deal with it. This is why you become a skier, Josue, because you have to live with it. You might as well embrace it and go outside, right? Exactly, exactly. I mean, you have to go outside, and unfortunately, I guess we live in a place where the the wind will the being outside hurts your face. <laughs> you know, at this time of year, yeah, this it's, is what it, it's what we deal with in New England. It's numbing. Hopefully, the wind's good to Santa in a week. Um, <laughs> Um, no win tonight, though, Factor Josue. Uh, the Celtics are playing indoors, thankfully, tonight uh, against the Bobcats. Isaiah Thomas returns tonight, and that's posed, and I, I talked about this earlier in the show, poses the question, obviously, Isaiah Thomas, what would he be like when he comes back? But I talked broader. Do you think that Isaiah Thomas is really a starter on a championship team? I don't even think Isaiah Thomas should be a starter on this team, so... <laughs> Wow, Jared, not you too, man. Are you, <laughs> are you hitting that panic button, man? Are you hovering over that panic button and getting ready to slam it, or are you ready slamming it down? There's no panic button. I just watch him play, and I watch how the team somehow plays without him, and I just, I don't know. Give me your answer first. Okay, so first, I'm going to say, I'm going to give you the cliche answer and say he's not a number one, okay? On a championship team, is Isaiah Thomas a number one? No. No. Can he be a number two? I think so, but I think you have to put together uh, – 
kind of you got to put together a team that has a a clear cut number one. So whether his production is going to be a number two is sort of going to be you know obvious between him and Al Horford. He's probably going to be the the second you know in this hypothetical championship team he would be the second option i think this is a guy who people are just don't overlook how good of a scorer he is i think people are still skeptical because of his size people are still skeptical because of uh what he is you know at times when he's not hot you know of course when isaiah thomas isn't feeling it i mean he's not really he doesn't really give you much else on the offensive end but i think that what we need to understand is how how big he is in the fourth quarter I mean, this is one of the guys who's uh, you know a, a top three scorer in the fourth quarter. He's a guy who, if he's not if he's not making shots in the first three quarters, there's always that last one where you can turn it around. I mean, we've seen that in the, in, in the last two seasons, and I think he's going to just only get better from here. Um, in terms of his of his roof or his ceiling, you know, of course, we can't forget the fact that he is going to be 30 soon. Uh, guys typically at his age don't necessarily go into 34, 35 still performing at a high level but i think there's still three years a three-year window before we can start worrying about that i think people are sort of jumping the gun and of course that's understandable because of his size yes this isn't a guy who who's built like you know paul pierce who was a guy who played into 33 34 still being very effective for a guy his age um we may, we may not see that with isaiah thomas but i think that within these next couple of years that's why this window for Danny age is starting to Starting to close on us a bit, just a little bit. Starting to close a bit in terms of bringing a top-notch level talent, a number one uh, championship level number one guy that's going to carry this team over into being a team that can contest against uh, uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Okay, and and the reason why I believe it, and I've mentioned this already, but I'll, I'll let you hear it too, Joe Sway. It's, I just see, um, I see his performances in the playoffs, and yeah, he's he's made the spark plug plays, but I think that's what he is. He's a spark plug player. He's not a player to rely on because, as you see in a lot of playoff games, refs tend to swallow their whistles when the games get close in the playoffs, and that's what he banks his game off. You know, he likes to go to the rim and hopefully gets fouled, and if not, if an acrobatic go shot shot goes in, then hey, good for him. But um, I just look at him as not a serious play. Now I. I Am I cool with him being a three on a team to win a championship? Yes, of course. But is he untouchable to me like a lot of people say he might be for Danny Ainge? No, I don't think so. So that's the way I look at it. I, I think he should be coming off the bench. I don't think that he's fit well. Now, look, I think he should probably finish the games because he's obviously strong finishing games. But I think overall, uh, maybe it's more important of who finishes than maybe who starts. Okay. I guess I can see what you're saying there. But I just feel like whether he... Okay, if he doesn't start, he has to end the games. But I, I think he's proven that he's he can he has to be a start on this team. And, and until they're able to bring in another talent or, or someone that can play his position better than him, I mean, I, I think he's the clear cut favorite to be number one. I mean, we hear these talks about Marcus Smart and people saying because of his size that he you know he could he could uh, his 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 value could go through the roof because of what he's able to do and because of his, because of his physicality. But if we're talking about pure talent, I mean, this is one of the more, one of the more inconsistent players that Celtics have had in the last couple of years. This guy's very inconsistent. Uh, his health is something I think that people overlook as well. This isn't uh, someone that's been able to play 70 games throughout his NBA career yet. I mean, we haven't seen him go through a season without any injuries or, or, or very limited injuries. And I think that's something to keep a close eye on. But I also think that he's his consistency just worries me so much that I'm not ready to even start having that conversation about him being in the starting lineup. That Marcus Smart comes back tonight, probably will be in the starting lineup. Um, right now, Josue, what can he do for you tonight? Does he come back? Is he rusty or is he going to jump right back into what we know he is tonight? I think he may have a bit of a slow start, but 
by the end of the game, we're talking about probably another 20-point night. I mean, this is a team that's without their starting point guard, uh, the, the Charlotte Hornets. They don't have Kemba Walker. He does a lot of things for those guys on, yep. on both ends of the floor. Essentially, their most valuable and most important player. So I think that they are going to miss him in this matchup because Isaiah Thomas, he can really blow by guys. And Kemba Walker is one guy who can keep up with him. So without him in the uh, in the mix, Isaiah Thomas should be able to do what he wants offensively. Um, I think he'll be a bit careful, a little cautious. Uh, uh, Brad Stevens is not going to push him to you know thirty plus minutes or so. But um, I, I think we'll see uh, we'll see a typical uh, Isaiah Thomas night tonight. Josue, you kind of quickly hinted on the fact that you know you, you still need to add a piece or whatever, and um, obviously we all know that that's no hidden secret with this team. They're not that there yet. Um, I saw an article coincidentally on weei.com um, just reporting you know that Danny is looking to make a move still, which is good. He should be right. It's his job. Um, he's looking to make a move, and he's interested in trading for Gordon Hayward. Is that necessary? Because we all know he's an unrestricted free agent. Um, don't get me wrong, I love Gordon Hayward here, and there, there are some reports that he might want to stay in Utah, so maybe you have to get him here with a trade, but is it worth giving up some assets for Gordon Hayward, or do you take the risk and maybe hope he decides to come here in the offseason? I think you take the risk, Jared. Um, this is this is a, a situation that I think Danny Ainge needs to, of course, handle carefully, and I think that has a lot to do with the reason why he hasn't made deals left and right. I, I think Danny's been he's going for the going for the big fish here. I mean he's going for catfish hunter. I mean let's <laughs> let's face it. I mean if there's one thing we learned about this past summer, he's not looking for bass. I mean he he went after it. He and he almost got it. You know, that was surprising to me. And it surprised a lot of guys that he almost got the big fish. You know, a lot of people would, would argue that if the Golden State Warriors go on to win the NBA championship, he may have signed with the Celtics. He probably would have signed with the Celtics. So I think that goes to show you where his mindset is. He isn't going to just make a deal just to make a deal, or he's not going to make a deal because, you know, so-and-so contract is up almost, you know, almost coming up off the books, or, or make a deal because, uh, yeah, he, this person uh, kind of fits what they need, so yeah, let's do it. He's going to make a clear-cut deal that's going to make this team uh, much better than they already are. Uh, I, I think he's looking for, for those those type of deals, those big deals, whether we're talking to Marcus Cousins, I mean, whether we're talking about, um, I don't know, whoever down the road, he's not going to just make a trade for someone that's going to come off the books and he can go chase over in, in the summertime. I mean, he's already broken that spell of free agents don't want to come to Boston by signing Al Horford. I think that's going to continue to happen within the next few years. I think teams are looking at uh, Brad Stevens as probably the most attractive piece for the Celtics in terms of uh, bringing free agents in. And second to Brad Stevens, I have to say, is Isaiah Thomas. Mm-hmm. Isaiah Thomas is starting to be a, a star in his league. He's eighth in scoring. I don't think this is a fluke. I don't think this is going to be a season where he starts to uh, uh, dwindle down to 23 or 22 points a night. I think this guy's going to finish the season averaging 26, 25 points a game, going to be able to to perform at a consistent level, and that makes the Celtics much more attractive in the offseason for free agents. Uh, Josue, you mentioned Brad Stevens being an important piece, obviously, to getting guys here, which I think is true. I think Brad Stevens has a great reputation around the league still. Um, how important is he in, in, in Danny's decision to hold off on not trading for Gordon Hayward, thinking that Brad might be able to sway him here on his own because of the Butler ties? Very important. Very important. Uh, I know that there's reports saying that he really likes Utah and he would like to stay there, but, I mean, 
the Celtics, if, if they can pull off a, a big meeting, and I don't think we'll see Tom Brady at this meeting, but I think <laughs> have Brad Stevens, Kelly Olenek? you know, take a trip down memory lane. Yeah, Kelly will probably be in there. More tie-dye <laughs> shirts? He'll make the trip <laughs> with the tie-dye shirt. Uh, Isaiah Thomas will be in there, you know, just kind of have his game face on, like kind of probably try to intimidate <laughs> Gordon Hayward into coming, into coming to Boston. And, and I think those two will have a great conversation. And that's speaking of Brad Stevens and, and Gordon Hayward. Um, yeah, I think I, I don't. I, I wouldn't like to see the Celtics make a deal for Hayward because it's gonna it's gonna take a, a lot. And and why why do that when you can just chase them down next summer? I almost want Brett Stevens and Gordon Hayward just to get locked into a room together for an hour by themselves. Like and I, he doesn't leave until he signs the contract. Exactly. <laughs> like no cameras, nothing. Just put a contract in there. Put Brad Stevens in there and say, "Hey, man, let's go. Let's do this and just go for it." I mean, Brad Stevens, the city of Boston, playing playoff basketball. I mean, there's a lot to entice someone like Gordon Hayward, whereas Kevin Durant, you really had to bring out the big guns. So that's obviously trade season's among us, of course. It's, it's on its way after Christmas, and uh, we're excited for that as media members, of course. But looking at this schedule coming up, Josue, this game is pretty important tonight for the Celtics. You know, coming off a couple tough games, and um, you look against a team like Charlotte, who's right there with you. You know, you're you're both kind of rebuilding at the same pace, um, so you're kind of using each other as a measuring stick. Um, you have a lot of home games coming up after the New Year, after the Christmas game. How important is, is every home game now, especially tonight? After coming off a skid, you get it back. They're gonna have to play tonight, and I, I expect a dogfight tonight, right? Yeah, this is important. I mean, they're going on the road next week. They're coming back home to, to for for a rematch against Oklahoma City, and um, I, I think one of the reasons why I'm looking at I'm, I'm looking closely in these next couple of weeks because now that they have Isaiah Thomas back is because the Celtics look very scary without Isaiah Thomas. And I know, of course, that can that that's sort of stating the obvious, but when you're playing against a team like Oklahoma City, and yeah, I know how good Russell Westbrook is. I know he's an MVP candidate. I know mm-hmm. he's one of the best players in the NBA. Mr. Triple Double. You're you're supposed to beat this team. I mean, I, even with or without Isaiah, the way they played against Orlando Magic, and I'm not saying Orlando Magic are, you know, the Oklahoma City Thunder are like neck and neck with the Orlando Magic, but that was a game that they were leading the entire night, and they sort of just crumbled in the fourth quarter. I'm very concerned about this team's confidence in the fourth quarter, and I'm very concerned about um, how how easy they, they, they can give up leads. You know, with or without Isaiah, I, I thought that those four games was a great opportunity for them to sort of find themselves and then have Isaiah come back and, and everything would just be pieced together and they could finish off the month with a with an impressive winning record. But now it looks like they, they look like a finesse team, guys. I mean, let's call it what it is. That's, that's what they look like. You know, they're flirting with a 500 record. They're, um, they're oh, yeah, of course, in the, in the Eastern Conference, you know, they're right there in terms of, you know, they're only a few games away from third place, <laughs> but that doesn't necessarily mean much in a weak Eastern Conference. A I few think games from 12, find too. Their identity. Yeah, right, exactly. And I think the team needs to find its identity, and it really starts in the defensive end. I mean, the, the points that they're giving up in the paint, uh, it's, it's, it's alarming. You know, when you look at someone like Jay Crowder, I mean, he just seems like a step behind on the defensive end this year, as well as on the offensive end. But Jay Crowder, when you talk about Jay Crowder, you talk about defense. I mean, he, this guy was huge for this team last season. This guy would guard the opposing team's best players. He would, he would force them to have off nights. He would, you know, shake their rhythm off. He would, he would just kill teams on the defensive end, along with, of course, Marcus Martin, of course, with Avery Bradley. Mm-hmm. I just feel like defensively this is not the team that we saw last year, and teams are starting to notice that, and they're starting to get exposed, and they're just not afraid to face the Celtics like they were last year. And I hate to ask this because I'm an Al Horford guy, but how much does this stretch without Isaiah Thomas kind of put a bad taste in a lot of Celtics fans' mouths about Al Horford? Because, you know, 
with that fourth quarter collapses and all these things, doesn't that fall on Al Horford when I, if Isaiah Thomas isn't being the leader? Al Horford is a defensive quarterback. As much as he might not be as much of a strong presence, he is a presence, and he, he leads the team. He, he tells the team where to be on defense. He really is there to help. And if you're falling apart with Al Horford on the floor too, doesn't that speak volumes to maybe what's going on in his head? Here's the thing with Horford, okay. One week ago, after the Raptors game, if you were to ask me this question, I was on the fence in terms of talking about how Brad Stevens was running his offense. I didn't like seeing Al Horford, you know, selling for threes or, or being set up for open threes or being passed off in the paint. I mean, I, I was getting very frustrated with how the offense was set up around Horford. I like the pick and roll, obviously, that opens things up, but I also wanted to see plays that were specifically designed for Horford. It was a lot of plays in that fourth quarter against the Raptors where it seemed like the Celtics were sort of freestyling, and that drove me nuts. <laughs> um, I, I think that the best play I saw was out of a timeout from Brad Stevens where they, they gave it to Al Horford in the paint, or actually, no, I think he was on top of the key. He drove to the hoop, got a foul, and won. You know, there was another play where you know, he, they, were, they were deliberately giving him the ball in the paint, and he was producing, so that was great. Now, fast forward uh, against Oklahoma City, you saw just careless turnovers by, by, by Al Horford. I mean, there was one huge play where he tried to make a pass. Uh, I don't know what happened. It just slipped out of his hand. Mm-hmm. I mean, he just kind of crumbled underneath the, the, the pressure situation. And then you look at the, the, the last game against the San Antonio Spurs where you could see from the, fair, from the first quarter, Brad Stevens was going into Al Horford. He was, he was setting up plays for him in the paint. But they just weren't falling. I mean, he just didn't have a good shooting night. He sort of picked up some momentum in that fourth quarter where he made some few uh, a few plays and, and he got to the free throw line and he was sort of uh, they, were, they were abusing uh, uh, the, the matchup with David Lee and, mm-hmm. and yep. Popovich wasted no time to take David Lee out of the mix and that was it. You know, after that he ne- he didn't really get back to, to getting into his, to getting the ball inside to Horford. But I, I think Al Horford just at the end of the day he just had a bad night. But I would love to see what Brad Stevens does going forward now that Isaiah Thomas is back. I would love to see him. Continue to do that like he did against San Antonio. Give it to him in the paint. You know, I, I don't mind seeing Al Horford shoot threes. I like the mix to, to see him do the inside outside game. That, that's who Al Horford is. Yep. But I just thought that there weren't, we weren't seeing enough plays designed for Al Horford than, you know, guys like Isaiah Thomas or jump shots for Avery Bradley. I saw some of that on San Antonio. I hope we can continue to see that trend. And then once we see that, once we see how Brad Stevens uses it more, we can uh, analyze. Al Horford's game offensively because um, I think originally he wasn't getting enough touches. Now it seems like he is, so we'll see how he reacts moving forward. I, I wanted to ask you about, um, I haven't been on air since, well, he, at least for this pregame show, since the Houston loss. Tough loss, awful loss. Um, Oof, I was there. I was how, there. You were there. How, 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 obviously, how hard was it to watch that mislayup in person, but going to the Al Horford trend again, how much of, does a bad taste does that put in the mouth? Because you have a max level guy here, max contract guy with a wide open layup to win the game, to win a really good game in Houston. That's going to be a great win on the road. And you miss a wide-open layup because you get spooked. Not something a max-level deal guy should be doing. No, no, not at all. And to to um, talk about my point against you know San Antonio, you know, I, I, after that Houston game, I was sort of kind of thinking to myself, okay, you know what? This is this is good for Horford, you know, because this way he can bounce back from that situation. He can he can respond in, in fourth quarters in, in other games, you know. But it's just been the complete opposite. So I did, that that obviously wasn't the case. And this is of course not a uh, inexpensive uh, contract that Celtics signed this guy to. But I think we still have to we still have to weigh it out a bit. Okay, if you look at his numbers, uh, you know you know statistically he's he's filling up the stat sheet every single night. He's been very consistent. Um, of course, the injury didn't help him, or I should say the concussion. It wasn't necessarily an injury, but the concussion uh, sort of 
he came back sort of, you know, trying to find his rhythm again. It looks like he's back into his rhythm, and I think that the uh, the jury is still out a bit. You know, he, he did miss a lot of games, you know, for the concussion protocol. So I think if those games, if if he had if he had those games under his belt, and this was the, still the same outcome, we, then we could be a little more critical with Al Horford. Um, he's missed up almost half of these games throughout this regular season, so I think we have to wait a bit. Let's see what happens by the end of December. But um, of course, Isaiah Thomas coming back is going to help him, and I think they both are going to have a really a really big night tonight against the uh, Hornets. All right, Josue, before I let you go, obviously um, a sad day in the NBA yesterday, um, hearing of Craig Sager's passing, and obviously we know the battling of cancer that he's gone through. I talked about a lot uh, right before the top of the hour. Just give me a quick little thought here. When you hear Craig Sager's name, when you see clips of him, just what what do you think of when you think of Craig Sager? An inspiration. I mean, that's the best word to to describe him. I mean, uh, this is, of course, I'm speaking as someone who's, you know, in my mid-20s, just, so when I I grew up watching on, on on NBA on TNT whether it was TNT or TBS any Turner basketball so I mean this is a guy who I saw growing up so much and you saw the relationship that he had with not only the people that he interviewed but of course the people that he worked with and you can just see the type of guy he was because of how those interviews went you know a lot of these players and and TNT did a phenomenal job last night in terms of highlighting those moments and and having the players and and of course Charles Barkley and Kenny Smith and and all of them tell stories of him and who he was. I mean Kenny Smith says that he's a big reason why he's still doing this for a living. You know he was someone that told Kenny where you know Kenny was at the time in his life where he he couldn't decide if he should go into coaching or if he should do something else, and he really motivated Kenny into doing what he does now, which of course is he does a great job of what he does. But I just think it goes to show how how much of an inspiration this guy was. Um, how great of a guy he was and how many lives he impacted. Um, you know, I was listening to ESPN radio um, late last night, and they had Brian Windhorst talking about talking about uh, Sager, and he had an idea, who I, which I think is great, and I think that's something that I, I would love to see happen. Um, it popped in my mind, but actually I was, I was wondering if you're going to roll. I figured actually you're going to bring up uh, Sager when I was on hold, and I was thinking about that idea, but I didn't want to steal it. You know, this is from Brian Windhorst. You know, <laughs> he, um, he he was on ESPN Radio last night. He was talking about how he would love to see the uh, the, the coach sideline interviews be renamed to the Craig Sager interview. I think that's a great idea because I he sort that. of began that that whole you know after the first quarter uh, interview the coach and, and see get some reflection from both sides. You know, after after the quarter, and um, you know, of course that that led to a great conversation between him and Greg Popovich, which was always entertaining. But yeah, you know that that's just the kind of guy he was. And I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna miss seeing him on the sidelines, man. I, I was really was fighting back tears when I first, when I, when I saw his SB speech live over the summer. I mean, we, we all knew he didn't have a lot of time, but it, just still finding the news, finding out about him yesterday, sort of, uh, sort of hit me a bit. You know, I kind of had to stop what I was doing, just kind of think about him and, and what he's, what he did mm-hmm. for this league and, and how he's going to be remembered. So. Yeah, um, I would love to see that happen. I don't know if the NBA would ever. That'd be sweet. Like that. Or maybe not the NBA, but TNT, if they would ever rename the sideline interview to the Craig Sager interview, I think that would be great. A great tribute to him. That would be a great tribute. And it was awesome, obviously, seeing him be able to do a finals game, um, having ESPN bring him in to do a finals game, because obviously yeah, he never got amazing, the opportunity. You know? um, and LeBron really shined, shined through and said, you know, it's about, t- uh, about time you get an uh, NBA finals game. Um, yeah, that so, was great, man. Every time I see that interview, I smile. Every time, you know, just they re- replayed it about three or four times last night. And, Made me smile every single time that LeBron James said that, and that was that was great for him to say because he knows what how how much this guy means to uh, NBA broadcasts on uh, on TNT or, or just in general. Yeah, and, and I think that Craig Sager, we we we're all shocked by the death, of course, Joe Sway, because we all thought you know he was going to fight through it again. We thought he was going to get through, but 
inspirational too, knowing that he didn't take hospice. You know, we heard the stories in the reports the last mm, couple of days. Right, he went to his right. grandson's soccer game. He went. He went here. He or basketball games. He went here. He went there. He was a normal human being until he possibly couldn't be anymore. Exactly, and that's why I think he's such an inspiration. I mean, the, the, the way they were telling stories about he was still going to work, doing six hours of chemotherapy. It's it's unbelievable, remarkable story about Craig Steger, and it's a story I think that's going to be told, whether it's going to be a documentary or, or something in the making within the next few months or so, and I, I can't wait, man. I, I can't I, I can't get enough of uh, <laughs> learning so much about him, because I knew him from a basketball perspective, of, of course, you know, years before I was even born, he was doing baseball, yep. and, you know, his, his ride, as someone who's part of the media and, and, and strives to have, you know, even somewhere, anywhere close to a career that he had, he's... he's Definitely inspiration for, for all of us doing what we do right now. All right, Josue, we'll leave it there. Uh, appreciate the time. Enjoy the game tonight, and we'll uh, touch base on the postgame show. Absolutely, Jared, man. I can't wait, man. We'll break it, we'll break it down. Thanks for having me. Appreciate all right, it. thanks, Josue. Again, uh, Josue Pavone, WEEI. Um, he'll be on hosting the postgame show as well. CLNS, I'll be t- chiming in as well, uh, running both boards. The Salt Lake's pregame show here on ESPN New Hampshire. Uh, got a couple more minutes here before we t- hand it off to uh, – Sean Grandy and Cedric Maxwell to have the call of this one. Big game for the Celtics tonight. Um, but I do want to touch on what he just said. And, and, and like he wanted to make sure, Joe I wanted to make sure it's not an original thought. It'd be so cool to see TNT, even if it's just TNT and Turner Sports, because I can't imagine the whole league would do it. I mean, they would, but TNT renamed the sideline reports to Craig Sager reports. That's such a great idea. Brian Winhorst. I, I don't know if that was your original idea or some friend told you that at a bar somewhere, but hanging out in Cleveland with LeBron. Maybe it was LeBron's idea, and he fed it to Brian. Who knows? But I think it's a great idea. That guy revolutionized what it meant to be a sideline reporter, how that gig was taken, what it meant to get the story at the sideline. He asked questions. He wasn't some giddy schoolgirl on the side. Oh, how do you feel about your first half performance, coach? Oh, great. I'll talk to you in the second half. How would you feel the changes went? Like, they, he grills them. Greg Popovich always played along, but he always, he's like, you know, coach, uh, you defensively, you weren't really strong there in the third quarter, not being able to play matchups well. How, how do you really cover LeBron James? How do you really do this? And he was asking questions like he was a writer and really asking for the answers. And not a lot of sideline reporters have ever done that or, or do that still. He was one of them. He always has been one of them. He re- rejuvenized that position and created what we all want to be as a sideline reporter if you're doing that. That's what you strive to be. If you're anything less than what Craig Sager has, was, then, or if you're not striving to be Craig Sager at least, then you're not doing sideline reporting right. You're not doing a media member justice because that's, he was the guy who really took his job seriously, like, like Josue was talking about. He came after six hours of chemo and went back to the sideline because he... He wanted to feel normal. He didn't want to have cancer beat him. He, Yes, it fit into his life, but he didn't want cancer to be the thing that took him off of his job. He wanted to say, hey, cancer, you know what? Screw you. And that's awesome. That's awesome. And there's going to be a lot of clips played. Um, I'll play a lot more. Uh, and again, shameless plug here. I hate to do it, but if you listen to the Sunday sit down on Sunday uh, mornings, 11 to 12, 30, 1 o'clock, depending on what's going on afterwards, we're going to play some clips this weekend of, of of Craig Sager because I'm a big hoop head and I know what he meant to the sport. So it's, it's stay tuned for that on Sunday. Um, I'm sure we'll get touched upon as well tonight on the post-game show. For those who aren't on the pre-game show, me or just Way, I'm sure it'll get touched on by our third chair um, as well as the callers. But with a minute or so left here, um, tonight's game, important. And Josue mentioned it, you know, um, Isaiah Thomas probably will come back and be the guy that he always is, right? He's going to come back and 
be the guy who can put 20-something points up. He's going to have a good game. It's just what it is. You know, in, in the situation that he's in, this team is missing scoring. This team is missing that ability to put the hoop around the ball. Ball in the hoop. That's the basics of this game. Since the peach basket, that's what we're missing in the fourth quarter. And, and maybe it does speak a little bit. I know I asked him about this. It does speak a little bit about what Al Horford is um, and what he is to this team, you know, like falling apart in the third quarter. Um, so what we're going to see what happens tonight um, between the third and the fourth quarter, who, how we can close games. I expect this to be a dogfight. We're going to need Isaiah Thomas's leadership. We're going to need Al Horford to be big and move this defense around and be that quarterback that he has to be as a max-level guy and what we brought him in to be. I want to see offense ran through Al Horford and Isaiah Thomas tonight and everybody get out of the way. Jay Crowder, you need to toughen up tonight. Going to be a big game tonight. Celtics coming off some tough losses here. Schedule's not going to get much easier. After tonight, going on the road, they're going to come back for a rematch against OKC. Then you come home after the Christmas Day game. That's where we're going to see where the Celtics are made out. These next couple weeks, I completely agree with Joe Sway. With Isaiah Thomas back, full squad, let's see what the Celtics are made of. Right now, you're a few games back from the three spot. We all know that doesn't mean crap in the Eastern Conference, but I'm intrigued. And I'm intrigued, I and mean, you should be too as Celtics fans. This has been the Celtics pregame show here on ESPN New Hampshire. Jared Scally has been filling in here for you. Of course, that is me. For Patrick Gilroy and Jeff Hickman, I appreciate you tuning in. I appreciate, again, big shout to Joe Sway Pavone of WEI joining us just then. And he'll be on the postgame show. Stay tuned after the show and after the game. CLNS postgame show will be here as well. This has been the Celtics pregame show here on ESPN New Hampshire. Celtics Hornets next.